Thrilled? Yes. Thinking about it? <laughs> Take a vote? <laughs> Woo! Good word this morning. Hallelujah. Enjoyed the music and the worship and the praise. Psalm, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Y'all like the word? So it changes us. No word, no change. Glory to God. There's two prayers that was recorded in Ephesians. Paul prayed concerning the people of the church there at Ephesus. This is the second one. Ephesians 3. Wouldn't belong to us. It's New Testament, isn't it? Ephesians 3.14. Paul had a reason for doing something. We know this because he said, for this cause. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Shows you the whole family right here. God has a family. Some of them's in heaven, some of them's on the earth. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages world without end. Amen. Amplify says now, now to him, not tomorrow, but right now. By consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. Did you get those words? To him. By consequence of the action of His power, but this power is at work within us, is able to carry out His purpose and do so, and this is why the Amplified's so rich sometimes, super abundantly. Not abundantly, but super abundantly. Not over, but far over. And above all that you might ask or think, infinitely beyond your highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Then Colossians chapter 3. Page 1948, if you got a Bible just like mine. Not, do the best you can. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affection on things, not on the things on the earth. Set your affection on things where? Above not on things on the earth. For you are dead. I, I, I hear this, people preach all the time that you need to die to, in Christ. You, you're, if you're in Christ, you're dead. I don't know how you die again. You know, there's not supposed to be two dines, right? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Once again, uh, they amplified those 
I'll read all three verses. And Amplified says, If you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead, aim at, seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. Now, it's easy to say that. Very few people do it. But it, it, it's an invitation to be one of those. Set your minds and keep them on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are of the earth. As far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. We've been, uh, I, I, I've been just meditating on some things <clears throat> for several weeks now. And if you will, just go Psalms 103. And then I'll probably from here on out, past that, just give you the scriptures to look up at a later time for a second time. But Psalms 103, we'll look at this one together. Psalms, the 103rd chapter. I don't usually give titles to um, sermons, whatever you want to call it. But I did this morning. It's called uh, Thinking Big in Small Places. Thinking Big in Small Places. That's an opportunity sometimes that you have to purposely choose to do that. And uh, I've been thinking about this a little bit along the way that God created this for a family for fellowship, didn't he? His highest desire was uh, to have a family. We, we read in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, God has a family. He called us family. He didn't call us people. He called us a family. He says some are, on he some are in heaven, some are on earth, but it's just one family. And uh, we know that God's intellect is beyond our capability to really comprehend the fullness of his intellect. Yet God likes to spend time with us. He likes to talk with us. That's, that's one benefit of being filled with the, with the Spirit is that we can talk to God uh, on a little higher caliber or, or cal caliber of, of, uh, of intellect when, when we're speaking to God. And, uh, and He's speaking to us. In other words, God has to, uh, if, if it's 12 grades, I don't know what grade we're on. Maybe we're in kindergarten. I don't know. But God has had some people throughout history that he's, I, I can see in the scriptures that he's enjoyed spending time and discussing ideas with. Right. David, David was one of those people, King David. Uh, it was, David really had his, on his heart to honor God. Uh, his whole life he, he realized how, how God had led his life and, and had used him and, you know, even as a young boy out, you know, feeding the sheep and being a shepherd and all the psalms that we that we have here that were recorded of, of David's psalms and some a lot of them were songs, some were melodies, some were odes, O D E S odes, and uh, we see as he grew up and and became, you know, king of Israel, and beyond that, 
Solomon had it in his heart that he wanted to, to honor God for who he is. And he said, I, I want to build a temple for you. Of course, we know that God said he couldn't. He says, you can't do that because you've been a man of war, but I'm going to allow your son to do it. But it wasn't even a God-initiated idea. It was a David-initiated idea. And so uh, God got together with David and, and uh, David with God, and they just spoke about this thing, and they put out the details. Of, and God says, well, then here are some things that, that if you're going to build this, he says, uh, I liked your idea, David. So he gave him some, some ideas of, of uh, how to build and what to use and the materials to use, such as this that he shared with Solomon. And then David financed it, which would be in the, the multi-billions of dollars by today's standard. And uh, God enjoyed that conversation. And so God has had a few thinkers that he could share some of his um, more increasingly expanded ideas with. And God loves all of his children, and he loves to go to the nursery. Uh, you know, we, we, we love babies, but uh, I, I just remember when all of our kids was really small, and, uh, and I remember I would come home from work, and... and uh, because I always worked retail. I always worked retail sales, managed some kind of store or whatever. So at the end of the day, worked a lot of hours. So at the end of the day, I kind of wanted to come home where it was quiet. <laughs> well, my wife had been home all day with, with children, with people who were uh, real small to her knees and below. There was a lot of goo-goo-ga-gas and, and, uh, and two or three kids, you know, arguing with one another. That, yeah, they did that too. And, uh, you know, a lot of gibberish and, and carrying on. So she wanted some stimulating conversation for someone who was over two or three, and, and I wanted peace and quiet. At the time, we lived in a 14 by 70 mobile home. And there was five of us in that two-bedroom mobile home. There was nowhere to go to be quiet. <laughs> there, there, there was no place. So I was kind of at one place. She was at, an, at another. But she just wanted, you know, some, even though, you know, she loves her children, and she wanted to have an adult conversation. And you ladies know what I'm talking about when you're just raising your children? You just kind of, like, I, I need some me time, and I just need to talk about this thing, and, and uh, you know, I'm just, I've been cleaning uh, after children all day and wiping peanut butter off furniture and all kind of stuff and finding things that I, I don't even know how they got it and where it came from. And so they wanted, they wanted relationship and conversation on a higher level. I wonder how many times God has been forced to stay in the nursery. <laughs> have you ever thought about stuff like that? Someone who knows everything to, to have conversation with people who don't know come on from Sikkim. But he loves them, right? And so here he invites us in, in, in Ephesians 3 of his family that he says, I would like to talk with you some things that are above and above even things that you've ever asked or even thought of or even begin to even think of that you would even ask of me. Without turning there, Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 33.3, he says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you some great and mighty things that you don't even know. You know, sometimes, and I pray this way, sometimes I don't even know the questions to ask. You know what I'm saying? Because I always notice when I ask God a question, he to me, he just directly hardly ever answers the question. To me, he asks me a series of questions to answer my question. So you, it takes a while to learn that, that, that God's really trying to reframe your question. Some people never get answers to prayers because they ask God and say, is it this way or that way? Because you assume it's this way or that way, and it's not that way at all. 
And so God can't answer the question A or B because it's not A or B. It's something altogether all, all, all different. In other words, God has a different perspective than we do. So he says, come up to a higher level. God is the ultimate thinker. God is the ultimate, the ultimate dreamer. He has no limitations on him. He knows no boundaries, yet he's chosen to work through people. And by working through people, it has created a barrier. It has created a boundary because of, our, because of our low level of thinking. So God, the only way that he can do greater is to expand our levels of thinking so that we can see more and believe more. So you have to be able to see it. And, uh, and I don't mean just see it physically. You have to be able to see it uh, in the spirit realm. You have to be able to see it on the inside before it manifests on the outside. Everything from the kingdom of God comes from the inside and works its way to the outside. Whether it's healing, healing never comes from the outside to the end. You say, well, people lay hands on me. It's just activating into Christian what's already in there. In other words, he said, draw out of the wells of salvation. But that salvation means more than just salvation. It means healing and preservation. It means, it means wealth. It means increase. It means, it means favor. And it's all in your well. So what you need to do sometimes is just look inside and go fishing. And get a catch. I mean, if you're going to fish, you might as well catch. I thought if you're going to hunt, you might as well bring something home. If I'm going to get up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, which I'm not, to go hunt a deer, then I, I want to come back for my time of, of coldness and my, and my toes that are numb. I, I did all that for years, and we know we took dogs, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't appeal to me as much now. And then people said all this stuff, and they said, well, I, you never ate it, and boy, I cooked it, and then if you cooked it like this, and I'll ask most of the time, I said, what does it taste like? Well, when I cook it, man, it tastes, it doesn't taste like that. It tastes like chicken. I said, well, why don't we just get chicken? You know, why, why, why don't we just get chicken? You know, if you, can, if you can fix your frog or lizard like chicken, why don't we just get chicken? And then we don't have to deal with all those thoughts of eating, you know what I'm saying. Let's, let's get a bigger idea. God wants to share some big ideas. And I, and, and I believe here today, we have some people who have the capacity to receive more. Amen. You see, if, if our capacity is a thimble, then God will fill it. But it won't take long. Right? If, if we have a mentality of, of a cup, then he'll fill the cup. But it won't take very long. If you have a pitcher, it'll take a little bit longer, but it still won't take long. So depending on, on, on the capacity of your reservoir, it depends on how much God can, can pour into it. And so we think God is only doing in our life this much or that much, but the truth is we have to have a larger capacity to see more, to believe more, for God have more to fill into. So we need to stretch our capacity to receive. It's like the woman that we talked about, you know, the wife of the prophet whose husband had died. And when she died, you know, she was in debt, and they were going to take her sons to pay the debt. And she, she went to the prophet, and she says, i got to have help. And, and he says, well, what's the matter? She told him the problem, and he says, well, what do you have? And she says, if I had anything, I wouldn't call for you. She says, you're not being much help. And he asked her the same question again. See, he ignored her. And he says, what do you have? And she said, there's nothing in this house but a little oil. Well, oil was a commodity because there, 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 it was... I mean, if you had any oil, it was uh, extravagance. But she only had a small amount. So he said, well, you know, tell me what you do have. So she said, this, this little bit of oil in a cruise. He said, well, then go, th th then go borrow a large, large amount of empty vessels and bring them back to your house. And, you know, that seems 
like weird instructions for someone whose kids are about to be taken as bond slaves. So, but she went and she did. If she argued with him, it doesn't show us in the scriptures. And they said she went and she barred it. She went back and she had the prophet said, go in your house, take all the vessels, you and your sons, go in there and take the little cruise that you have and begin to pour that out into the empty vessels. Well, natural common sense says that won't take very long, right? Because the cruise of oil that she has in, in the container, the picture that it's in, this obviously is not full. So how am I going to feel if she had 75 or 100 or 200? We don't know the number. The scriptures doesn't tell us. But all we know is that she began, he, he says, shut the door. He says, God's going to do an inside work. And he, and he says, then it'll go on the outside. So she shuts the door and she begins to pour out. And the supernatural begins to happen because she's acting on the prophetical word. See, God always has a word for you in your season. It's always there. A lot of times when the prophetical word comes into your life, it's not coming in at the time where your life is at the moment. Sometimes it's in advance, and then you go live out for six more months, and you say, oh, my gosh, do you know what just happened to me? And God said, yeah, I knew what happened to you before he was ever born. That's why I gave you a word six months ago by so-and-so, but you didn't pay any attention to it. You didn't write it down. You didn't get the tape. You hadn't listened to it. You forgot all about it. Huh? He says, but now what I spoke to you six months ago through this minister or whoever, he says, now this word needs to be applicable to you. Amen. God always has a word in any season of, in your life that you're ever in. God's never been surprised. God's never had the thoughts, uh-oh, <laughs> ever. No one's ever taken him by surprise. People talk about how, uh, how, how mankind is, is ruining the earth and all its resources and how the earth is just going to kind of just, you know, dissipate and disappear and can't find it. And, and yet there's nothing in the scripture about that. I mean, can't, can't you just see Gabriel or Michael have to come up to God in the throne room and just, oh, just like this, oh, I hate to tell him this. And, and they just kind of inch in there and inch in there, and God sees him. He says, Gabriel, what, come here. What is it? And he's, you know, kind of like, oh. He says, what is it? Gabriel, uh, well, well, just tell me. Earth's gone. <laughs> no, no, there's no scripture like that, Right? This, this earth is pregnant. God anticipated the, the, the time and the years of mankind and all the resources that mankind would ever need to, to live and to flourish and to multiply. God is not a God of, of enough. Yet most people live in an area of just enough or not enough. God is in the area by Scripture according to, according to Him and, and His attributes, His character, His nature. He's too much. And I was saying that the teenagers used to say, I know they moved on way past this, but God would be, he's not balanced. God's off the chain. He doesn't know how to make enough. When he told Abraham to leave his father's house, and, and Abraham left and took a lot with him, and we knew that's not the instructions, but he took him with him. We knew that God increased him so much that they had so much substance that they could not stay in the same place together, so they separated. Remember those? Remember the story? In other words, their, their, their flocks and their herds began to multiply and begin to increase that they could not share the same, uh, the same territory. So Abraham told Lot, he says, you choose where you want to go, I'll take the other. There's a, that's a whole series in there, but I won't get to that today. And so Lot looked and he, he saw what looked to him was the very best. He said, well, if you're going to give me first dibs on it, I'm going to take the very best because, you know, you're kind of old. You're not going to be here much longer, so I might as well get the best. And so he went, the, he went one way, and, and God told Abraham, he said, everything that you see with your eyes is yours. Everything that you see. And, and so he began, to, he began to live like this. But they, they increased so much in their herds and their, their flocks 
that the land together couldn't hold them. Well, if God is anything, He's a mathematician. We know He is because He has a book called Numbers. And yet, yet we still see that, that God didn't somehow seem to pay any respect to the fact that so much livestock would need so much grass and grain and feed over so many acres, right? That didn't seem to matter too much. In other words, He overran them. Seemed like he just said, oh, list and pi r square and this and that and whatever, and we'll stop it right here. No, he just, all he knows how to do is increase. Increase and increase and increase. But we have to have eyes and we have to have faith. We have to have desire for increase because he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that you've ever thought. So I know in this room there are some big thinkers, but God wants to stretch your thinking. He wants to give your stretching stretch marks. Amen. And, and it's, not to, it's not just to bring something to us, but to fill us up and to fill us over and to overfill us. Because He wants to give you a vision of reaching more than just you and your four, more than just you and your family, more than you and just your neighbor, but He wants to get over into the neighborhood. He wants to get over into the, into the highways and the byways. He wants to get over into the, the entire city. He wants to reach the county. He wants to reach the state. He wants to reach the nation. He wants to reach the nations of the world. But he needs someone who can, who can think like he thinks. Otherwise, he has nothing to do. Not much he can do there. So the woman begins to fill the, the oil in the pot. And she gets to the last container. You remember this? And she's still pouring. And she yells for her son. She says, hey, bring me another container. He said, there is no more, mother. And the Bible says the oil stayed. I've always asked the question, I wonder if that was the end of it. Or I wonder if it would have poured out some more if she'd have had ten more. How many of you disbelieve if there had been more vessels, there would have been more oil? How many think if she'd have had a hundred more containers, God would still have been pouring out? So in other words... All she could receive was, was her capacity to receive. And, and it did meet the need. And she did, pay the, she did pay the debt on her life. And she did have money to live over. And her sons was not taken. And that's a wonderful story. But how much more greater would it have been if she'd have brought in a thousand more vessels? In other words, can, can you tap God out? Is there any way to tap God out? Can you, can you outgive Him? Can you outthink Him? Can you outmaneuver Him? You know, in, in Psalms chapter 2, we see the place where it says, uh, they say, you know, we're, we're going to go after God's people, and we're going to destroy them, and we're going to cut them asunder. And God just listens to all this trash talk, and he says, you're, gonna, you're, going, to, you're going to cut asunder, you're going to destroy my people, my, my anointed, you're going to do that. Yes, we're going to do that. And, and, and God doesn't even talk about it. The Bible says he sits in the heavens and laughs. Now, I don't know what that sounds like, but I imagine it was a big old belly laugh from God. Oh, oh, oh. And, and heaven began to shake. They probably had to repay the streets of gold because, it, you know, like Pebblestone, where God just, just laughed and laughed and belly laughed. Sometimes when it thunders, maybe it ain't. Maybe just God laughing. I don't know. Maybe it's bowling, gets a strike. I don't know what it gets. But he wants to increase our capacity to receive. Psalms 103, verse 19. Did you find it? Yeah. If you didn't, you never will. Just forget about it. Uh, it says, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Did you get that? Yes. He has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. L let me give you, I'll, I'll just call it a foundational statement. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God demands that we, you and I think big. Amen. Say think big. 
Tell your neighbor, say, think big. Tell your neighbor, say, get with it. Because the kingdom of God is, is designed to accomplish the impossible. You agree? The kingdom of God is designed to, do the, to reach the impossible and to attain everything that seems to be unattainable. That's the kingdom of God. Now, the question is, this is real simple, where is the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus said, don't say it's here and don't say it's there. It's not a destination. There's a difference between the kingdom of, of heaven and the kingdom of God. Uh, heaven's a place, right? It's, it's, it can be located. You'll find it one day. And if you didn't, it's because you didn't listen to me. So listen, don't go there. Don't, I mean, no, go to heaven. Go to heaven. Don't go the other place. Every, you might like barbecue, but everything's barbecued. Don't do that. So in the kingdom of God, you can't think in terms of limitation. It, in God's kingdom, in God's economy, faith is the economy. God spends faith. You say, we spend dollars. God spends faith. What does he need to feed 15,000 people, 5, 10, 15,000 people? Was it money? No. They said, he said, well, Philip, what do you think we should do? He said, well, it's getting late. We'll send them away. He says, looks like we got about $30 here. Uh, and he says, was, he, he said, but what's that among so many? And Jesus said, okay, well, we can't use your idea. It's too late to send them away, and they're already hungry, right? And so he said, my idea is to sit these thousands of people down in ranks of 50. God will always organize your life in some areas before he does a miracle. Some think, well, you know, we just want to let the Spirit move. Yeah, I'm all for that. But you need, you know, if we're going to run, let's run the same direction so we don't kill each other running in here, right? So he will organize some things before he does a miracle. So he set them down in ranks of 50, and then he took the, the fish and the loaves, and he prayed, and then he put it in the hands of the disciples. Not in his hands, but in the hands of the disciples. Why? Because we are the multipliers in God's hands. The kingdom of God has been extended to you. So he prayed, but he put it over in your hands. In John 17, he prayed the night before his crucifixion and then put this thing over in your hands, the gospel in your hands. So he prayed, put it in their hands, and they distributed it, and through the hands of the disciples, it multiplied, and it, and it fed, uh, God fed probably ten to 15,000 people with a two-fish dinner. Pretty awesome, right? How did he do that? The kingdom of God was in operation. So he says, when you go to the city, he said, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is nigh. When the kingdom of God gets near you, gets nigh you, things are about to change. There's about to be a takeover in the kingdom of God. Are you listening? So when the kingdom is near, there's change on the horizon. There's increase on the horizon. You can't come in contact with the kingdom of God and things stay dormant, things the way that they've always been. There's, you're about to experience increase because the kingdom is there. Because with a kingdom, there has to be the king, and the king is King Jesus. And have you ever heard anyone, because this is ultimately true, did you know that King Jesus is Lord of all? Yes. He's absolutely Lord of all. He's not sharing his throne. He is king, he is Lord, and he is the king on the throne. Yes. Except the Bible says that, we, that he has shared his throne with us, the body of Christ, that we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So the kingdom of God no longer is here, it is not there, it's not just in Jesus, it's in you. King Jesus is living in you by the Holy Spirit. Right. You are the rule and you are the reign, you are the authority of God, it's in you. 
Whatever God's going to do to reach your city, he's going to do it through people. He's not going to do it out of heaven. He's going to do it through you. If he's not doing it through you and through other people, he's not doing it. If you're going to feed the homeless, he's going to do it through people. He's not going to send down, you know, 15 angels or, or, or 100 angels to cook meatloaf and bring it to people. He's going to use people to cook the meatloaf and carry it to people to carry the message of God's love to people. God works through people. If God doesn't work through people, God can't work. Amen. That's real simple. But we haven't caught the idea sometimes. So God wants to, you to catch the idea that he wants to do something so, so expanded that we have to realize that we need, we need to get a larger container. Yeah. Get a larger container. Some of you might be old enough to remember Y2K. Anyone remember Y2K? That's when the world was about to go dark and, and hungry, and a lot of people were scared, most of the people in the church. And uh, I, I remember getting a call from a family member, and she said, have you been telling your church uh, to, to be prepared? And to get ready for Y2K because God has shown me I've had these dreams. And this particular family member uh, always had dreams. And, uh, and uh, I, I would just say, and they probably dreamed a lot. I would just say most of them were not from God. And so she shared with me, she said, now, if you don't bring, she said, our church had so-and-so in. And they told us, here's how we get ready. So they, uh, they had some propane tanks. And so they, they, they went and bought another one, a gas tank for their home to heat it. And they was afraid someone would somehow steal the, the propane out of it, so they had them buried in the ground. So they had 500 gallons of propane buried in the ground and like 2,000 pounds of food to get them over in through the year. And she said, what is your plan? And I said, well, uh, and you said, well, well, I'll tell you. You might think it's mean, and I guess it was kind of mean. But the whole thing to me was just foolish. And I said, well, if God multiplies the food, the story that I just told you about the fish and the loaves, he multiplied the food that was. So I said, I said, Aunt, whatever. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy Mountain Dew and Snickers. <laughs> and if it goes dark, hey, it's a great day. <laughs> and no one can't say that you shouldn't be eating that because that's be all there is to eat. <laughs> and so Y2 came when they went and everybody was, oh, and, and, and never blinked, did it? Wow, imagine that. And so the earth wasn't gone and, you know, and God didn't have to clean up a mess. We need some big thinkers. There's some big thinkers in the room. God wants to stretch even our big thinkers. And if you're a small thinker, then we're going we're gonna to jerk off the top of your funnel and replace and put another funnel on there. Well, I'm just trying to get my light bill paid. Well, why don't you get the whole neighborhood's light bill paid? Huh? Yeah. You ought, to, you, you, you ought to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Amen. Right? You ought to be the harvest of somebody's seed. Amen. And the seed is always, or the harvest is always greater than the seed. So that what you have, when you sow, it probably is their harvest, but it just has become your seed. And, it's, and so it just perpetuates on and on and on and on. God's, uh, he, he's always about increase. People say, what's God doing? Increasing, increasing. Of his government, there shall be no end. It's the government of increase. More and more. To do the kingdom of God work. So if you think in the kingdom of God, you can't think in terms of limitations because it has no limits. The kingdom of God is a supernatural power. 1 Corinthians 4.20, don't turn, it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. Someone say power. power. So the word power is also called, is the word in the Greek dunamis. Dunamis is used 120 times in the New Testament. It refers to strength. So he says, the kingdom of God, he says, I, I give you dunamis, I give you power. So he's saying, I give you strength, I give you power, I give you ability. 
It also re refers uh, <clears throat> to miracles. Anyone like miracles? Yes. Most of you. Anyone else like miracles? There's the other part of you. So he says, I give you miracles and ability and power. He said, and also I give you the ability in the, in, in the Greek it says to do, to do marvelous works with his power. Amen. Amen. Marvelous works. It also means might. It also means miraculous miracles. Remember they told, when Jesus ministered, they said, we have never seen it on this fashion before. They said he did astonishing miracles. When's the last time someone was astonished? When they came to church. Or when they was out in the marketplace. When's the last time Christians astonished somebody else? Well, you have the power on the inside of you. You have the ability of God on the, you, you have the dunamis, the dynamite, the anointing of God on the inside, resident within you. But it needs to be ignited and it needs to go forth and do the work that you're called to do. It also means wealth and influence. If you have dunamis, you have increase. If you have, if you have dunamis, you have the influence of God. You have the wealth of God. So the kingdom of God is a supernatural system that produces supernatural results. We have an all things possible mindset. That's what we have to have. We have to change our mindset because sometimes our mind's been set, but it's been set in the wrong place. And it has to be unset. It, someone says, well, it's fixed. What well, it needs to be unfixed? Someone says, well, I can't do this because I have a fixed income. Well, it needs to be unfixed. Amen. If it's not enough, let's unfix it. Well, someone says, well, I can't because of my job, or I can't because I don't have the education, or I can't go back to school because I'm too old, or I'm, I'm too young, or I'm unlearned. I was born the wrong, on the wrong side of the track. I'm the wrong color. I'm the wrong this. No, no, you're just wrong. That's the, the problem is you have a wrong mindset because your gospel is a can-do gospel. So you can't say, I, I, I believe in the can-do gospel and talk about what you can't do. Because you are telling God he's an absolute biggest liar that you've ever heard of in your life. And you said, well, I wouldn't say that. That's what you're saying. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not, not some of the things, not a third of things, not most things. I can do anything and everything. I'm equal to anything. I'm equal to any challenge because of the Christ who's in me. Amen. See, he wasn't thinking about Paul. He was thinking about the Christ that lives within me. Yes. He wasn't thinking about Paul's faith because Paul didn't have any faith. You don't have any faith. You don't have a faith with your last name on it. If you had a last name, your last name is Christ. That means that you are the anointed one. The anointing is the spirit of God. God rubbed you down and smeared you up like he's going to stick you out on the beach. You are oily, dude. And so you've been smeared on by God. The anointing is upon you and the anointing is within you. We don't have to pray to be anointed. The Bible said he who hath anointed you is Christ. You're already anointed. Well, I don't feel it. He didn't say you would feel it, but you might feel it. And it's wonderful to feel it. But if you don't feel it, just go ahead and do it. Forget feelings and just go ahead and do what you need to do. Well, I just, you know, if I could just feel better about doing it. Well, do it anyway. Do it anyway. People say, well, are you hungry? Ready to eat? I said, I don't have to wait to be hungry to eat. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> I didn't wait and I didn't stop when I was full. <laughs> See, that's a, that's a wrong mindset. All things are possible. Say with me, all things are possible. So to operate effectively in the kingdom of God, it, dem it demands that you think big. So you can't go any further in life. This is the principle. You can't go any further in life than how you think. You cannot do it. God will not allow it. I'm not talking about positive thinking, which is better than negative thinking. 
See, you can't live a positive life with a, with a negative mind. Did you know that? He said, well, think about it. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mindset. There's just some people who can't see anything good in anything. There's people that you, that you go home on the weekend from, and they're just kind of negative people. And the, and, and the thing that you never want to ask them on Monday was, how was your weekend? Because they're going to tell you, and it just brings you down. And, you, see, you know, sometimes you want to nickname them Sunshine. Because when they leave the room, it's just like the room gets brighter. Right? We've had people like that. We've had people like that in the family. And, then, and every time I see this person, I forget, I forget, and it comes out. Because I don't see them there like every two, three, four months. And I say, how are you? And like when the words went out, I was like, oh, I didn't ask, I didn't ask, I didn't ask, but I did, I did, I did. And I, I'm thankful that they have chosen new terminology. It's, it's not good, but instead of this long ex, explanation of how terrible it is, and I, and I haven't saw them in th like three months. This is what they tell me. I say, well, so-and-so, how are you doing? And, and he'll say, worse. <laughs> worse. <laughs> anyway, I'd stop that. You don't know what I was stopping. See, I, there's a filter that we're supposed to use in here. You, you shouldn't say everything that you think, right? Proverbs 23, 7 says, A man thinks in his heart that's who that person is. What's in your heart mirrors what's in your life. Now, we don't like that. Your life on the outside looks exactly like it does on the inside of your thinking. Well, you can either say, praise God or oh me. I don't know which one it is. So uh, what I'm saying is you have in life now, what you have in life now is a direct result of what you have on the inside. It, it, it's the exact replica. If, if you're old enough to remember ice trays, the steel aluminum ice trays, you, you put them in there and then you pull the lever. I know it's a foreign thought, and uh, no one will ever do it ever again, but I mean, some of us still remember that. And yes, I did have electricity growing up, stuff like that. And uh, my kids asked me, D did, did you have microwaves? I said, yes, and, and we had bread and water and milk and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, we, we did. And no, I didn't ride a horse to school. I had, I had a... I had a 65 and a 66 Mustang. Yeah, and it wasn't a horse, it was a car. And I wish I had them back. But anyway, so it's been said, it's been said, you, you've heard this, but it's a true statement. It says, your life is moving in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. You believe that? In other words, you have to begin to change this mindset. You, you can't change it overnight, but you got to get started one night. There's no one who's sitting in the penitentiary who robbed the bank who just acted on the first impulse. They probably got to hanging around people who begin to think like that. And they probably just joked about it for a while and said, man, I'll tell you what, it wouldn't it be nice if we did so-and-so? And we, wouldn't it be nice just to have about an extra $100,000? $100, and, you know, it, it probably was just a joke. And, uh, but... The more they begin to hang around, associate with people like that, the more these, these ideas begin to entertain. The Bible calls them vain imaginations. And it, the, they begin to, they're unproductive, right? And so here they go, and they, you know, one morning, Friday morning, they get up, and here they are, and they're robbing, you know, the, the local bank. And then they're sitting in jail 15 years later, so how did we get here? Right? Well, your, your life has moved in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So you, you can't think... You can't think of going down when you're, when you're thinking of going up. 
And you might as well talk to yourself because it's a principle. Right? You'll believe some things I say to you today, but you'll forget most of them. But you believe everything you say. You say, I think I'm going to eat me a sandwich. You know what you do? You eat that sandwich. You say, I think I'm going to go to town. What do, you, what do you do? You go to town. You say, I think I'm going to watch me a little TV or football, right? Or whatever it is. Not you ladies. Home shows or whatever. Gardening. <laughs> My wife likes to watch them shows where, where, where they remodel the house. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do none of that. No green thumbs. I, <laughs> a carpenter I am not. But I know some. Right? Some good ones, yeah. And they can create. So I, I, I ever said if I passed early, she's probably going to marry a carpenter who, who, or a cook who cooks Mexican food. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I might be the only preacher there ever was. You know, it's probably going to be a Mexican dude. I don't know. Burritos for breakfast and enchiladas for lunch and fajitas at night. I'm all for it. Bring him in now as the cook. That's about all. But anyway, hallelujah. So our life seems to be moving in the direction of our most dominant thoughts. Now, don't turn here, but Romans 8, chapter 5 said that those that are going the way of the flesh are minding the ways of the flesh. Are you familiar with that scripture? Those that are going the way of the flesh are doing that way because they're minding. Did you hear that word? They're minding the ways of the flesh. So if you're a fleshy person, guess what your mind's on? Fleshy stuff. Well, I have this addiction over here. Well, you had it because you set your mind to it. And you didn't jerk your mind back. You, 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 you ever been on the, on the road and you're not supposed to be doing this? Answering a call or texting, y'all know that's wrong? Yeah, we all ought to stop it. I put myself in. And so it, it's wrong. And, uh, or, or you just were on the road and you were sleepy. And, and you hit the shoulder of the road. You ever done that? What happens when you hit the shoulder of the road? You, you know, you, your car go, and the, but immediately what do you do? You jerk it back? Well, when you, you're in the areas of your thinking that you shouldn't be there, that are wrong, that it's not productive, it's not, it's not increased, it's not of God, it's not in line with God's Word, then what you all do is you all jerk, jerk your thought life out of that. Someone says, well, you're not going to be able to pay your bills this month. You say, that's a lie. Now, now, don't so hard that you hit the other ditch, <laughs> right? Just, just get it back on the road. Now, don't do that on a motorcycle. You'll kill yourself doing that on a motorcycle, but... But you know what I'm saying, you, we've all drifted off the shoulder, but you, then you've got to jerk it back that way. So that's what you do with your mind. Your imagination begins to go, it's vain imaginations. Well, you're not this, and you know, you know they said that medical students who study diseases, 50% of those students begin to have the symptoms of those diseases. Is that true? Is anyone who knows that what I'm saying is true? But we're talking about people who are studying medical, you know, to be a, uh, something medically, a doctor or otherwise. Or, and so they, they have to study these diseases, but 50% or more begin to have the very symptoms that they, that they study because the imagination becomes vain, and then, they, then the enemy begins to say, you know, you, you've got that kind in your family. And, and, you know, that Thursday when you felt that, yeah, that's what that is. And, and you'll come in there perfectly healthy, and when you leave at the end of the day, you'll have triple cancer or quadruple leukemia, and you're just fine. The kind of what you might call a, you know, just a, what do they call it, a psychosomatics, or maybe I've messed that word up. But anyway, they, they, they have these thoughts and feelings that this is what I have, and they keep that thought process going on until the cell structure of their body begins to, and the immune system begins to break down, and their body receives that very sickness or, 
or disease. That's not, the, that's not the will of God. That's not in God's plan. That's not His will for your life. You don't have to accept that. You say, but the doctor said so. Well, we get that. That's, that's the truth. They, they, they say it. They saw it. They found it on the x-ray. They sent it off in a sample. But that, that, is, that, is, a, that is a fact that is there, but that's not truth. Right? It's a fact. So don't be a... You know, some faith people get it all messed They just get screwed with it. They say, well, you know, I don't have a... You know, I, 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 I don't have any problem with my eyes. And, and, and they can't see two foot in front of their face. <laughs> and so they go to the eye doctor, and someone's talking about confession, and they say, well, are you having trouble seeing? No. <laughs> well, you want me to check your eyes? Yes. Well, uh, are you, you think you want contacts or, 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 or glasses? Well, well, you're having trouble, right? Well, no. <laughs> How's he going to help you? And please get off the road until you get that straight. One of us might meet you out there. And we all want to go to heaven. Not today, though. Right? We still got, you know, we just got Burger King. I ain't even got around the menu yet. Just, just give me a few weeks at least. <laughs> Praise God. So if, if you mind the things of the flesh, if you mind the things of the flesh, you're going to get the flesh. But the, the same scripture says, but if you mind the ways of the spirit, you'll get the things of the spirit. Mind the flesh, you get the flesh. If you mind the spirit, you get the spirit. So it's, apparently it's in your mind. So that's why he told you to, re, re, uh, to renew your mind, which is also the same renovate. Well, if you're going to renovate, that means you're going to remodel. If you're going to remodel, if anyone's ever remodeled, Jamie could tell you over here, if you're going to remodel, we're going to do some tearing down, some tearing out. We're going to start all over. We're going to pull some walls down, and where that wall was, you're never going to see it again because we're going to renovate this thing. It will not look like the same room once we get through with it. Is that right? So when we renew our mind, we have to tear some things down. But Christians don't want to do that. They just want to build something on top of another. So if you have a fault, if you have a fault in your thinking and you build something on top of it, then you know you put a positive and negative together. That doesn't mix. That's the old covenant and the new covenant. So you have to tear out all the old to make way for the new. Right? When I used to run the floor cover store, people would say money. I'd say, well, I don't want to have to tear up the old vinyl flooring and put down a subfloor. I just want you to put this on the 17th layer. <laughs> well, I don't know what's been going on the last 16 times somebody was here, but I know that you want me to warrant not only the product, but you want me to warrant the work. And you're going to come back in three months, and you're going to have these waves in here. Then you're going to want me to fix it because so-and-so company did it, and I'm responsible. And I'm not doing that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tear everybody's work out who's ever been here. They said, was that going to cost something? I said, yes, it is. <laughs> it's going to cost something. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some sacrifice. It's going to cost you some pride. Whatever you got to do, you got to say, well, I've always believed this. Mama believed it. Grandmama believed it. But I've been reading the Word, and it's just it's not that. This is it. We love them, but that's got to go. That's got to go. Because God says this, and then I align, I align myself to think like God thinks. And, and there's, when you look around for the results, you say, well, I'm this according to the Word of God, but in my life, if you're looking for the fruit of it, you can't see it. But it hasn't had time yet. It's, it's in seed form. But every seed is commanded to grow. The reason why the ocean still comes in and goes out after all these 6,000 years of human history is because God said, let there be and get, get moving. And it's never stopped because he never gave another command. Yeah. 
The reason why there's sun and there's moon and there's stars and then there's light and there's sun is because God told them to do it and it never asked God. It, it never has to go back the next day and say, do you want us to change? <laughs> it just keeps doing it. And, and we can count on that. We order our days and our nights by that because God said God is not, you know, one day this and one day that. He's not schizophrenic. He's always the same. Everything from God's always coming the same way. People say, well, you've got to find out where God is. Is he doing a new thing? Is he doing the old thing? Is he doing nothing? Is he doing a lot of stuff? He's always the same. He's just always good. He's just always God. Fluctuation doesn't, never comes from God. It only comes through people. Well, there's a revival about to start. God's into revival right now. Are you saying he wasn't this last month? Well, God's really wanting to reach the lost. He didn't care last month. Well, God wants us to feed the hungry. Once again, he, he didn't care last month. He just said, like, die, sucker. But, you know, no, he just, it, it was always there. It's just people, you know, they live in their emotions and whatever. And they think God is just, you know, he's just, he thinks they're like they are. I feel this, so I do this. I don't feel like this, so I don't do this. But God's always on the move and always the same thing. So he just needs someone who understands that and walks with him. That's the reason why I'm being led by the Spirit is I don't need individual leadings. I don't need to know if it's okay to witness to so-and-so and go feed so-and-so or to help someone with a light bill if I had the wherewithal. I don't need to be led to do that. I see a need and I feel it. I find a need and I feel it because he already told me to go do it. I don't need special instructions. If I'm going to get special instructions, I'll get it on the way of going and doing anyway. Paul was going over this way, Asia Minor, but he said, now don't go that way today. Just go to Macedonia. There's a call over here. But he got the call to Macedonia while he was on the way to Asia Minor. Later on, he went to Asia Minor. But if you're just one of them sitting there, so I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. Like people waiting on a bus, waiting on a bus. Hitchhiking, I'm waiting on someone to stop. That's not the way of the Spirit. The things in the kingdom of God is always moving. Always moving. Anyone who gets to heaven, the first moment they're there, they're going to look around and say, wow, there's a lot of business going on up here. Why? Because they're getting ready for us. You know, that, 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 that seven-year meal. Oh. Hallelujah. So heaven's busy. It's a busy place. So we want to mind the ways of the Spirit. Is that right? Hallelujah. Da -da -da -da. Satan wants you to think small to keep you from doing something big. You said, well, that's, we all know that. I know. But the enemy wants you to do something small. He wants you to settle for. Just enough is not enough. Just enough is not enough. Hmm. If, you're, if we're limited in our thinking, then we'll be limited in this life. So we need to get rid of, sometimes people use this terminology a lot, and it really needs to change. It's just people say things, we say things, we pick up things people say, and we need to understand how it affects us, because words create life. Sometimes we say, well, you know, someone will tell us about something, they'll say, you know, I just can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. You, you, you need to strike those words from your vocabulary. I can't imagine that. Because if you are, are a person who can't imagine that, then you'll never see yourself doing it. Right. Right. We'll talk about this Wednesday in great, 
if you miss Wednesday, you'll, you'll miss three quarters of your life. And boy, it got quiet in this Presbyterian place, didn't it? <laughs> Real quiet. Amen. So you'll, you'll never experience doing things that you can't see and you can't imagine. God always works two places. He says, faith is in two places. It's in, the, it's, in your, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. The heart part is the part that He gives you the picture of it. See, He gives you the picture in, in a form of seeing from the Word. He gives you a picture form. It's called, it's called imagination. And we'll talk about that much more Wednesday. And then, then you can begin to speak out. People say, well, you know, I, you know, I know we're supposed to speak the word. But they spoke the word, but they never had time to see it in their heart before they spoke it. In other words, I need to see the menu before I can speak out. Anyone ever went to a restaurant where they had a picture of, of a plate? Sometimes you just pick the picture because the picture would look really good. I've always thought about coming up with a, this has nothing to do with anything about a menu, a scratch and sniff. <laughs> Except it probably wouldn't work because it'd be, someone had the flu and you, <laughs> you go to eat this, you know, really a cool Italian dish and you come back with, you know, <laughs> like, what's this crusty thing on my menu? <laughs> Which could alter the, you know, the aroma of it, but, you know, so, you know, they had that on scents, don't they, on the perfumes and scratch and sniff? Yeah, I just thought, hey, how about a scratch and sniff menu? You know, because we, we want to try it, but it's $27.95. We don't know if we want to invest $27.95 with no idea what it's like. Just, yeah, probably won't never. The reason I'm willing to share that idea is I don't think no one's going to steal it. <laughs> but you, you never know. Might be in a restaurant one day, a three-star, four or five. It's like, that was my idea. <laughs> well, my wife will have something that you sanitize your hands with because she'll be up and that thing will take a bath before she ever scratches. <laughs> I really don't know if she'll like that part of heaven because I'm going to tell her there's no germs here. I do not have to wash my hands. I'm not washing my hands. For eternity, I'm not going to wash my hands. So the answer is no. <laughs> But if you're going to get germs in our house, it won't be through your hands. <laughs> Plus, it's all the dishes I'm washing all the time, you know, the wrinkle. I've got to get some better lotion or less dishes. I don't know how. <clears throat> so we need to get rid of I can't imagine. Albert Einstein said this. Y'all ever heard of him? He says, logic will not get, he says, logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. Gloria Stillingham said, without, <laughs> Steinem, I think, but Steinem, without <laughs> imagination or dreaming, we lose the excitement of possibilities. Dreaming, after all, is a form of planning. Brian Tracy says, all successful people, men and women, are big dreamers. They imagine what the future could be, ideal in every respect, and they work every day toward the distant vision of that goal or that purpose. I read a book years ago um, by written by a uh, name uh, James Allen. He was a British philosopher and writer, and he uh, 
one of his a book that he was written that's probably the bestseller even to this day. It's called As a Man Thinketh, using Proverbs 23, 7. And he says this. He says, the whole world will step aside for the man or woman who knows where he or she is going. The whole world steps aside. Did you know most people don't even know what, or you, you know why most people I don't think succeed? Because they don't know what they want to succeed in. I, I, I really believe that. And in today's society, and, and don't, you know, and, and I used to be, I'm about to say something, and I'm, I was so guilty of it. When I left high school, I said, I'm never going to read anything the rest of my life. Because I couldn't stand to read. <laughs> I just couldn't stand it. But I found out that readers are leaders. Because they, they're willing to do what most people want today so they'll have choices that others won't have tomorrow. Right. Winners are willing to allow themselves to be uncomfortable today because they see a future and a hope. People who decide to win and be successful in life, they don't like doing the things that the unsuccessful people don't do, but they do it anyway whether it's going to the gym or proper nutrition or, or the, you know, it, the, it's absolutely a truth that that's been studied that if you, if you study any given su subject, you read and study that subject from 15 to 30 minutes a day for five years, you, you'll be considered an expert in that field. 15 to 30 minutes for five years. In other words, people will pay you to tell them what you know. And people say, well, I don't like to read. I, I, I get that because I was that person, you know. And, and, uh, and then I read like Joshua chapter 1 where God said, how would you like to be the one who, who to fill Moses' shoes? When you have some jitters. <laughs> I mean, you're still out in the wilderness and, and you have all these people. And God tells, he said, he, he tells Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. But then he, he, he tells him the success plan, right? We, we, we're familiar with it. We've read it many times. We know about it. We've heard many people teach about it. And, and he tells him that, that he is to, I'll be with you all the days of your life, the same way I was the most, same way I would be, be with you. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And then he tells him he's supposed to meditate and read the same word that Moses read. And he said, and if you'll do that and you'll keep this in your eyes and coming out of your mouth, you'll meditate this keep it before you all the time. He said, and then you shall prosper, and then you shall have good success. You familiar with the passage? <clears throat> well, the, the, this is just a question. I, I don't know what the answer is, but y'all can answer. So most people there say, well, oh, I can't do that because I don't like to read. If, if Joshua had told God, well, I don't like to read, what do you think? I, I don't know. I don't know what God would have said. What, what, what do you think God would have said? I always wonder what God would have said. Anyone have any idea? Next. Next. <laughs> it wouldn't stop God's plan, right? I mean, God didn't say, well, I, I, maybe I could put it on tape for you or something, or, or bring a DVD and, you know, because you give you something to watch while you eat your popcorn, and then you can be successful with your popcorn and your root beer. Which, you know, that's good too. But anyway, I'm just saying, but people say, well, I don't like to read. Well, then just stay dumb, dummy. You say, well, that was mean. Huh? You say, well, 
That sounds like it's going to cost me something. Success is going to cost you a lot. But failure is going to cost you more. See, if you fail, it's going to cost you a whole lot more to fail than it would be to have succeeded. 2% two, two, two of, of Americans in the, in the land of the free and the home of the brave, 2% two, two people retire financially free. 98% of the, of, of, the, of the nation of the United States of America depend on Social Security as their only income in retirement. That's a system that's broke. That's a way that's broke. It's not God's plan. Thank God for it. But that's not how we're supposed to live our life. Are you here? So, he, yeah, he said the whole world steps aside for a man or woman who knows where he or she is going. So the believer's responsibility concerning the mind in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We are to cast down every thought, say thought, that does not line up with God's thoughts. We are to cast down any thought or imagination, right? So, and we're bombarded with thousands of thoughts per day. And most of them are not in line with God or His thinking or His word. That tells us that we can't or will never be able to unless we refute every thought or idea that's not in line with God's word. We will not be able to propel forward with God's plan of increase to expand our thinking unless we filter these thoughts and say, you, you come in, but you can't go. In other words, you've got to put a guard over your mind and over your, over your mouth and over your heart. We have the ability to think big because God gave you the ability. Because you're created in His image, right? Is God a big thinker? Everyone says, well, of course God is. But He created you in His image. You're created in the God class. Right? I had someone tell me just yesterday to my animals, and they said, well, animals this, and they said, well, we're all animals. I said, I'm not an animal. I mean, you may look at my room, you know, if, if Michelle leaves for a week, you might think I am. <laughs> but I'll make the bed right before she gets there. <laughs> so I may do it that way, but, but we're not animals, right? Actually, some animals are kinder than people. Matter of fact, most animals are kinder than people. That's why people like animals. Because who in your household meets you at the door wagging their rear end when you, when you drive in the driveway? <laughs> no one is that glad to see us sometimes. <laughs> so we're made to function like God because we're created in His class, right? Yeah. Is that the truth? Yeah. But if we, don't, if we don't think His thoughts and talk His, talk His speech, we're not functioning like Him. We are malfunctioning. If you, don't, if you don't function in the God class, then you are malfunctioning. Right. It's not the plan of God. Now, was Jesus a big thinker? Yeah. All right, let's go quickly. Here's some of the things that Jesus thought. He believed it was right to heal all manner of sickness and diseases. He thought it was fine to walk on water if he needed to. He fed thousands of people with a boy's lunch, right? He thought he, thought he had the ability and it was right to cast out devils. He turned water into wine. He spoke words of healing and deliverance from a distance and healed people and set people free of demonic presences just by a word that went through a distance. Hmm. He set the captives free, raised the dead, 
and just a few things, and he declared the year of the Lord. You say, well, that's just Jesus. Yeah, but John 4 says, as he is, so are you in this life. Not, not in heaven. As he is, so are we in this life. In John 17, Jesus prayed the night before he was, he was betrayed. John 17, 16, he said, they are not of the world as I am not of the world. Who's he talking about? Us. He, says, he said, they're not from this world. You always kind of felt like you wasn't from here. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like you don't fit in. That's because you're not even from here. You're from another world. One scripture calls you an alien. That explains some people that you know. <laughs> right? Well, that's, that's true. You, you, I mean, you're only here for a brief moment. He said, your, your, your life is like grass or flowers. It comes, it fades, it's gone, baby. So whatever you're going to do, you better wake up and do it. Because we're all leaving. Amen. Right? You're not even from this world. So, so why would we take on the world's thought and its thinking and its decision making when we're not even from here? Hmm? And then he said in the 22nd verse, And the glory which thou gave me, he said, I've given them that they may be one even as we are one. He said, so they're not from here like I'm not from here. And the same glory that you gave me, I'm giving it to them. Why? So that they can do what I did. I and you, you and me, they and us, we and them. See it? So that means we have the same ability to function the way that he created us to function. Otherwise, we are malfunctioning with no excuse. But you'll never do it without changing your thought patterns and your thought life. So God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I've always said that means this is an invitation to join the most elite club. This is not like, I'm smart, you're really stupid. No, he says, your thoughts and my thoughts aren't the same, but, but come, I, I invite you in and we're going to have some, we're going to have a powwow, we're going to have a conversation, we're going to elevate your thinking. So God is thinking on a level that we have not been thinking on many times. His thoughts, his thoughts aren't our thoughts, but we should align our thoughts to his thinking. Just a few areas. God's limitless thoughts versus our limited carnal thoughts. He has limitless thoughts. Ours is more ruled by the flesh many times. Carnal thoughts. When it comes to finances, sometimes we, people have a thought pattern of, of surviving. God doesn't think about surviving. He thinks about thriving, not surviving. God has never thought just enough. He thinks more than enough. Sometimes people think my four and maybe a little bit more because they've been to church. And they thought, well, I know it ain't supposed to be my four and just no more. So maybe my four and just a little bit more. God thinks exceedingly abundantly above. He thinks more than enough. We thought, well, we're middle class. God thinks, no, you're rich. We think, well, we'll manage debt. God says, don't owe, any, uh, don't owe a man anything but love him. Don't have debt. You say, well, you can't do that. Well, tell, you can't tell that to people who's debt free. That they don't believe it. Hmm? Owe no man anything but to love him. When it comes to healing, we thought sometimes, well, some get healed, and God thinks but I made it available for all to be healed. We thought sometimes, well, you know, sometimes you just got to be sick. Everybody's going to be sick sometimes. God thinks sickness, sickness never should touch your body. See, the, 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 there's something better than healing that would go even higher than that. What's higher than healing? Divine health. That every germ, every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. That's better than healing, right? Thank God for healing, but if it just touches your body and has to die. 
The reason why sickness is in your house is because you let it in your house. You say, well, it runs in my family. Run it out. Don't look at me offended. Well, I'm going to change the word because of your experience. Why would I do that? See, I, I, I'll answer for all this one day. <laughs> I read the scripture. I, I, I answer for this. And when you're up there, you're gonna, if you go, uh, he didn't tell me. I'm going to be right behind you. Say, he a lie. <laughs> he a lie. I told him. Right? Run them out. You, you, you have authority and you have dominion, right? R run, run them out. Yeah. It's a thief. It's a robber. Run it out. Stand in your authority and say, no, not in my house. No, not in my family. No, not in my child. No, not in my body. I refuse it. Need some help? Get some help. We'll come over and we'll have a fun time. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need some help. That's fine. There's some... Sometimes we all need help. So you, but, but you talk it all the time because you think it all the time. The more you think it, the more you talk it. The more you talk it, the more you have of it. You're just getting a, you're getting a bumper crop of that stuff because all you do is think about it and talk about it. You have a sick mentality. So you're supposed to be establishing righteousness, not wrongness. Be established in divine health and healing, not sickness. Be established in, in increasing, not, not lack. How you do that? You're going, to to, you're going to have to turn off the television. I'm excuse me, the television. You're going to have to do something with your mind. You're going to, you're going to have to invest in you because you're worth investing in. Some of you just need to throw your television out for about, about five years and invest the time it takes into you because it'll change your thinking. I mean, I made plenty of people mad through the years. I remember... I remember First time I said to someone, I said, I said, God's not going to do anything about healing you. He's done all he's ever going to do about healing. A number of years ago, and that person said, he said, what the? You know, I mean, that was, you know, he's buried on the side of salvation. He said, what the? Did you say? I said, he's not going to do anything about healing you. He's through with all that. He said, well, that's a fine shape to leave me. And I said, I, we're not leaving that shape. I'm just telling you what he's already done. Hmm? That's right. So now it's on our part. Praise God. We'll end right here. We think about life. People think, well, you know, tragedy just happens in life sometimes. Tragedy does. But God thinks no evil shall befall you. Psalms 91.10. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed will prosper. He didn't say it wouldn't be formed. He just said it wouldn't prosper. People think different about victory, don't they? Sometimes we think tragedy. Sometimes we think some things happen. And God's just testing us. He's training us. He's building us up with all these trials. He's teaching us through this. Well, we can learn through the situation, but that's not God's manner of teaching. You say, well, you know, how many times have we heard, well, God gave us this sickness and disease to, 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 to train us, to teach us. No, He didn't. He did not. I said He did not do that. The Bible said the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church, not cancer. That's not a scripture, so quit using it. Not you. I mean, there's hundreds of people watch on Facebook. Hi, y'all. And he didn't say it to y'all either. Use guys. I guess there's some from up north. Praise God. God said, I cannot be tempted with evil, and I do not tempt any man with evil. 
That's a scripture out of James. There's another one, James, like James 1, 16, 17, somewhere in there. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from where? Above. So if it's good, it came from above. It came from God. He's teaching you with goodness so that you can be good and teach others to be good, not evil. I mean, it, because if he teaches his way, that's how he's discipling us. So if he's discipling us, we're, we're instructed to go disciple others. So then we're going to start discipling people with evil and tempting them and testing them and trying them. Some of you are already doing that. Stop it. <laughs> well, that's the scare. I'm supposed to test you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're supposed to teach him good. And then 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatsoever is born of God, better would be a better translation would be whosoever is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith. You're a world overcomer. You have the faith of God in you. You're born of God. You're in the family of God. That's aligning your thought patterns and thinking with God. So you all let go of whatever's stopping you. Quit putting water in your own boat. Life putting up in there by itself. Some people sink their own ship. Hmm? Step into sonship and be more than a conqueror in Christ. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Everybody say to me, I say I'm on the winning side. See, that just feels good to say it, doesn't it? Makes you feel like an Alabama fan. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can say war eagle. We're on the winning side. How often do we win? All the time. How often does God win? The only battles you're instructed to fight, to win, is the ones that God hasn't won yet. And we can go ahead and, well, I was going to cover that part Wednesday, but I can go ahead and, no. <laughs> He's the one on every side. So you, you, you identify with him. That belongs to you. I got the victory. Praise God. I'm on the winning side. You can't think down and go up. Hmm? But you can't be thinking up and stay down. You say, well, I'm under the barrel. Well, what you doing under there? Get out. Get out. Get out. Sometimes you just got to talk loud to scream your mind down. Not that authority has to be loud, but sometimes you just have to shut your mind up because it's saying this and you'll have these thoughts and you'll have that. And you'll be like one of those medical students studying a disease and after a while, you know, you'll be looking in the mirror and you'll see things that's not there, but you're convinced that they're there. And about two weeks later, you know, you'll, you'll be scheduled for surgery somewhere looking for something. It doesn't have to be that way. Amen. You are the prophet of your life. You can prophesy the word over you. You don't need someone to prophesy over you. Well, I made the pastor give me a word. I did. Get to the word. Amen. I always said it. Everyone needs a Facebook account. This is, this is Facebook and get your face in it. You can have at least 66 friends to start with. Go there daily. He's posted everything. And he didn't have to go to a website to get it. Amen. He posted good news, not bad news. Increase and not decrease. Amen. More instead of lack. The Lord's your shepherd. You don't lack. Well, I've got lack. Well, he's not your shepherd then. Well, well, what? See, we have to change our thinking. 
when you change your thinking, you change your, you, you change your speech. When you change your speech, you'll change your life. Your life will begin to mirror on the outside whatever you put on the inside. If you don't, because you're too busy, then you'll, just, you'll be like Joshua. If you do this, you do this, and do this. Well, I don't like to read. Jamie said, God's just going to say, next. See, he, he, Jamie don't even think that God's going to try to talk him into it. He's just going to say, next. Right? Amen. You know, <clears throat> you, you don't get this way overnight. Someone say, well, you, you're nuts, man. But I'm screwed on to the right bolt. Huh? You, you can't talk me out of it. You can't put a ball back to my head and, and, and tell me that, that I'm broke and sick and never going to have anything, do anything. I, I just can't do that. Death, death and life is in the power of my tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You can't choose whether or not you're going to live by words. As God said you are. You can't choose whether or not I'm going to live by the system of words. But you can choose the words you're going to live by. Because death and life is in your tongue. Well, they're sick and they're this and they're that and here I go and all this and there goes the money and all that. Stop. Well, st well, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Well, what would I have to talk about? Maybe nothing for a while. That'd be good. Same thing in relationships. Well, don't say anything about your, about, uh, you know, about your spouse unless it's good. And they said, well, we would have nothing to talk about. Good. Good. Just sit there. Don't say anything for a while. That'd be, a, that'd be an amazing change. Just quit cursing yourself. Huh? Some people never, the, what, what they plant and give and finances never gets increased because they won't quit cursing it. I mean, what if God gave Jesus and said, oh, they probably wouldn't have even get saved after I did all that. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine that being a scripture because God felt that? I don't sent my son, they done crucified the kid, I bet nobody was going to accept Jesus. <laughs> well, what would we do with it? <laughs> can you imagine? Well, we need to start imagining the right things. See how it's easy to use that word? I had to fix my own word right there. Everybody, one more time. I'm winning. I'm winning. I've won. I've won. That settles it. That settles it.